No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we take a closer look at the artisans God chose to make the articles of the tabernacle. It's a wonderful example of how God gifts, calls, and equips us for the works of service He has prepared for us to do. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 35 on Simply the Bible. There is something so exciting about a new building project. We anticipate the potential of the facility. And when this is a sanctuary of the Lord, then it's even more exciting. For what can be more meaningful than God's work? As Moses gave opportunity for the people to give their materials to build the tabernacle, everyone with a willing heart freely gave. But it would take more than materials to build God's sanctuary It would also take people. We pick it up in Exodus chapter 35, verse 30. And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding, in knowledge and all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting jewels for setting and carving wood, and to work in all manner of artistic workmanship. And he has put in his heart the ability to teach in him and in Aholiab, the son of Ahizamak, of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with skill to do all manner of work of the engraver and the designer and the tapestry maker in blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine linen, and of the weaver, those who do every work, and those who design artistic works. The Lord appointed the chief builders of the tabernacle, so there would be no strife or vine of position. God knew them by name and filled them with the Holy Spirit in wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and all manner of workmanship. When do you suppose that God chose them? He had been preparing them all along, endowing them with their talents and helping them to develop these from their childhood. So it is with those who are gifted. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That which God had given them as a natural talent He now supernaturally empowered by his spirit so that they would be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We in the church tend to venerate those gifts that we more freely associate with ministry. For example, evangelism and teaching, prophecy, pastoring, counseling, leadership, etc. But we tend to overlook the other gifts that are also God-given, God-taught, and therefore just as spiritual. For example, would you consider farming to be a spiritual gift? Probably not. But listen to the words of Isaiah. Does the plowman keep plowing all day to sow? Does he keep turning his soil and breaking the clods when he has leveled its surface? Does he not sow the black cumin and scatter the cumin? Plant the wheat in rows? the barley in the appointed place and the spelt in its place? 
for he instructs him in right judgment. His God teaches him. If God cares enough for the farmer to instruct him in his gift and calling, then don't you think he cares enough to instruct and use you in yours? It is a wonderful thing to watch a skilled person at work. When I was about 10 years old, my dad took me to Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. He paid to have one of the local artists draw my picture. It was a caricature with exaggerated features, especially the nose. And whenever I looked at it, it made me laugh. So I kept it around for many years. It seems that early on, I had an appreciation for the arts, drawing, painting, music, theater, the movies. I am especially captivated by people who draw or paint, for that is a gift I don't have. Now, Bezalel and his assistant Aholiab seemed to have it all. They were metal workers, jewelers, woodworkers, embroiderers, engravers, tapestry makers, and generally skilled in all manner of artistic workmanship. But even more than all this, they knew how to teach. I have observed that some people are very talented themselves, but they are not teachers, and therefore they are not effective leaders. To lead others, one must be able to teach them and this requires patience and humility. When you find someone who is skilled in his or her craft and who then can teach others also, then you've found someone of great influence. Chapter 36. Embezalel and Holiab and every gifted artisan in whom the Lord has put wisdom and understanding to know how to do all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary shall do according to all that the Lord has commanded. Then Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every gifted artisan in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work. And they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of making the sanctuary. So they continued bringing to him free will offerings every morning. Making the tabernacle with all its furnishings, coverings, curtains, and priesthood garments was a great project. And Bezalel and Aholiab couldn't do it alone. So the Lord also prepared other gifted artisans with wisdom, understanding, and know-how to help them. Then God stirred their hearts with willingness to come and work. Many people are gifted and called but their hearts are not stirred to do the work. If they are indeed gifted and called, and yet they don't do the work, then it's because of their own laziness, stubbornness, or selfishness, not because God is unwilling to use them. Or perhaps it is because there is sin in their lives that they are unwilling to renounce. But what a pleasure it is to see people who are gifted and called also stirred up in their hearts to joyfully and wholeheartedly, willingly serve the Lord for his glory. Moses then gave all the offerings of the people into the hands of the artisans for the work of making the sanctuary. Meanwhile, the people continued to bring their offerings. You see, there were those that weren't skilled artistically, but they could give stuff, and that's what they did. 
Probably there were some people whose hearts were stirred immediately to bring their articles of gold, silver, bronze, and precious stones, linen, and blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and so on, but others held back. However, when they saw the generosity of the first givers, they were inspired to give themselves, so that the free will offerings kept coming in every morning. There was a willingness on the part of the people to give their treasure, talent, and time. When they considered that they had been slaves in Egypt and that their Egyptian taskmasters had been harsh and that God had delivered them from this bondage, they were no doubt filled with gratitude to the Lord and wanted to serve Him with all their hearts. In addition, they had greatly offended the Lord with the golden calf and probably wondered if he would really forgive them, go on with them, and receive them as his inheritance. When we have offended someone and are truly sorrowful, then it is natural to want to give them something. If they receive it, then it is a sign of forgiveness and reconciliation. The people were no doubt delighted to see that the Lord was receiving their gifts and that he would still dwell in the center of the camp in the sanctuary that they were building. Jesus said that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And the greatest joy that we can know as believers is when we are giving our time, talent, and treasure to the Lord. Not because we have to, but because we want to. As a pastor, one of the greatest pleasures I have is to watch God's people develop their talents and give them back to the Lord. My job is to recognize those gifts and callings and equip people to do the work of the ministry. That's what it says in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We who believe in Jesus Christ are members of his body. We have been given each a gift by the Holy Spirit and set in the body as it pleases him. His gifts and calling are irrevocable. God instructs us and then waits patiently for our hearts to be stirred up so that we will give ourselves to his work. He won't force us because he doesn't want anyone serving him who doesn't have a willing and glad heart. God knows that there are enough grumpy people in the world. We don't need them serving in the church. My job is to be like Moses and equip those whom God has gifted and called with everything that they need to do the work of the ministry. I look for those people who are better at doing things than I am. Eventually, I will work myself out of the job, for I will appoint somebody to my position who will hopefully do it better than me. But isn't that how we pass the torch on to the next generation? Verse 4. Then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work he was doing. And they spoke to Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses gave a commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing 
for the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done. Indeed, too much. Now, as the builders kept building, the givers kept giving, but the givers gave more than the builders could use. Therefore, the craftsmen came to Moses and told him that the people had brought too much. So Moses gave the commandment for them to stop bringing the offering. This was amazing. I have never heard of a building project other than this one where the people had to be restrained from giving. It also shows the integrity that the workers and Moses had that they did not seek to enrich themselves with the offerings of the people. Is it possible that we could ever see such a wave of generosity among God's people? I'm reminded of Ebenezer Scrooge on Christmas morning. He was giddy to give. But isn't that what the Lord treasures? The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9.6, But this I say, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. And no, I'm not going to pass the hat now, but how wonderful would it be for the love of Christ to so compel us that every legitimate need of the kingdom would be met by cheerful people willing to offer themselves and their substance to the Lord and to others. Think of all that could be accomplished. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. We'd really love to hear from you. You can also text WELCOME to 208-314-3377. That's 208-314-3377. Tomorrow we'll see that after so much planning and preparation, the gifted artisans make the tabernacle with all its beautiful and costly furnishings and coverings. We hope you'll join us as we continue through Exodus on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.